Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for being with us again this morning. My name is Joel. I'm one of the pastors here at Red City, and today uh, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break through the book of John like we've been going through to sort of um, put forth a new initiative that Julie and I have been talking about and praying about here for a little while, and we want to explain that to you, and we want to kind of unpack what it's what, what it's going to look like, what we're asking of all of you uh, in this time. We just kind of have been felt like, uh, you know, we, we want to put something specific on you that it fits the specific time that we're in, and we think that there's some really cool... Um, precedent for that in in the in the book of first and second Thessalonians. So we're gonna be talking a little bit about that this morning um, and then kind of giving you some steps for ways that you can kind of be following this as we go. If you're new to Resurrection City or checking us out for the first time this morning, we just want to say thank you for being here. We're really excited to have you with us. Uh, you could be a, a lot of different places doing a lot of different things on a Sunday morning and you chose to spend it with us and so we're really grateful for that. So thanks for being here. Uh, before we get started, I, just, I, I wanna I have a little uh, I, I tell you about um, something from uh, so I, you know I'm a big football fan I'm a big football nut and so um, back in like 2009 there uh, was a guy named Chip Kelly he took over as the head coach of the uh, Oregon Ducks football team and he had a lot of success in his time in Oregon and one of the key parts of that was the simple mantra that he brought with him it be kind of came became famous around the college football world a lot of other colleges started kind of copied him and what they called it was win the day this was like his mantra uh, for everything that they did as a program let's win the day so he took it from the, the big goal everybody has of winning a championship. And like that's our big picture goal. We're always trying to think about how we can get there. And the thing about that is, is it can be kind of overwhelming to kind of look at this one big thing. It's always going to feel really big and unattainable. And so what Chip Kelly's sort of uh, philosophy was, is instead of having everyone focus on that all the time, let's figure out what small steps people need to be taking every single day to win a championship. And instead of making them feel every single day like they have to win a championship, let's just give them the simple step of winning the day. What are the small things that we're doing now that are going to help us to win today? Because if we win enough days, we're going to win a championship. That was kind of the thought. And so each day, it's like if you're in March, let's focus on having a really good spring football practice. If you're in May, let's focus on doing really well in our finals. If we're in a day in the summer, a day in June, let's focus really hard on doing well in our speed and strength training. Just that small thing, let's win that today. And if maybe if we get into October, let's focus really hard today on this practice that we have for this specific oppo opponent we have coming up. And if we string together a lot of really good days where we feel like we won the day we're going to find ourselves at the end of the at the very end in a spot to win a championship and so um what we want to do is we kind of want to like put that forth to you today as a similar type of strategy now let's move from 2009 all 2000 years back to the apostle paul now P apostle paul he at, at, in about in the 40s ad he is um uh, he's socially distanced from the Thessalonian church that he, a church that he'd planted not more than probably a year before the time that he writes the first letter. And so um, he gets uh, he gets socially distanced from them. It's kind of a, a riot starts, and he has to, to head out of town or else he's going to find himself killed. Uh, but he's got to kind of stay connected with these, uh, this church that he started. And so instead of uh, doing a Zoom call with them, instead of FaceTiming with them, instead of texting them, he had to do what, what maybe, I don't know if any of you have ever had to write one of these, but it's something called a letter 
uh, that you would you would send to people. You would write stuff on it. You'd send you know, you'd send someone to deliver the letter uh, to to the people you wanted to get it. He had to write letters back and forth with them. That's kind of his way that he stayed in touch with this church and. Thankfully for us, we have these letters now so we can look at them and see what he's telling this church in what is kind of a similar situation maybe to what we're what we're facing now. Obviously there's a lot of differences, but when you kind of zoom out and look at you you see some some uh some similarities. So, there's some agitators that are persecuting the Thessalonians, some people have died and there's like some pressure to respond in compromising ways. There's there's confusion about important theological issues and then there's some disruptions within the church. Now, we don't have maybe the exact same situations going on, but we feel like pressured around us. We feel in the midst of like maybe a chaotic situation. We, we feel pressured to, to respond in, in compromising ways, in unhelpful ways. And, and maybe we feel maybe even some disruptions uh, with, within the family or something like that, because it's not the ideal way to be connecting with one another. So Paul gives them three letters and uh, three things in his letters to them. First of all, he gives them feedback. Second of all, he gives them like a 30,000 foot view of the situation. And third, and this is what I really want us to focus on this morning, is he gives them steps to really endure well towards the goal that he's calling them towards. And so um, he expresses this as worthy of the call. And so you saw uh, the slide that came up while we were switching stuff here. It said worthy of the call. That's kind of what we're, how we're thinking of it as well. So here's what he says in Second sec, Thessalonians 1.11. Wow. Okay. Uh, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. So what he's saying to them is like, there's a call that's been put on you all now. And that call is to, is to live a certain way and to be ready when, when Christ returns. That's what he's actually talking about there. But he wants them in the specific situation that they're in to be living in a way worthy of that calling that's been put on them. Now, God is going to deliver them through that, he says. But in the midst of that, let's live worthy of that calling. That's sort of the challenge. And he gives them specific steps to take in the letters. Uh, and we don't need to go through those necessarily because we're going to be giving you different maybe steps to take. Some of them, there's some crossover, I guess, and we'll talk about that. But um, Paul knows that they have good desires, but he doesn't want them to just stay as good intentions. You know how you always go, come into a crisis like this or a hard situation? You always have these sort of like good intentions. You always like want it to work out well. You always want to respond well. But it's one thing for us to have those desires and to see them uh, come into fruition. And Paul is really challenging them to live that way. I think for us in the midst of this pandemic that we're living in, there, there can be a thought of like, uh, you know, we don't, we kind of disregard maybe growth in the midst of it. And we, we, we trade that for just trying to survive. Um, or, or maybe we, 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 we feel like we don't, we're not re- that responsible for how we respond because we say, this is so bad that like, I'm like justified and maybe not responding in a great way to it. And, and I can revert to maybe some bad habits. Um, to, you know, I can maybe respond in poor ways because the pressure on me is so great. Paul, that's not what Paul wants for the Thessalonians, and that's not what we want for you guys in the midst of this as well. We want to see you guys grow and flourish in the trial, and we want you to focus on a goal and live worthy of that until, until the end. 
And so instead of us calling it win the day, like we talked about with, uh, with Chip Kelly and the Oregon Ducks from earlier on, we're calling this sort of um, initiative uh, worthy of the call. So we want everyone at Res City to come out of the other side of, of this pandemic um, who God is calling us to be in the midst of it. And so we're going to be kind of giving you a game plan, like, like sort of like a playbook, right? just like Chip Kelly would give his players and his team, like here's the steps to take, here's what it looks like to win the day. We want to start to be giving you guys like a game plan for what it looks like to be worthy of the call that God has put on all of us in the midst of this pandemic. So what can you be doing today? What can you be doing this week uh, that, that is going to lead towards that? How can you win today? How can you win this week? We also know right now that in the it, where there's no structure for many people, there's no boundaries where days kind of blend together into one. It's helpful to have some structure, and so we want to be giving you small things that contribute towards winning a championship, being worthy of the call that God has put on our lives. And so, some of the things that we're going to be talking about are things that we already are doing as a church. So, so you know, we're not reinventing the wheel in a lot of different cases. And and, and maybe you can feel like, well. Uh, some of those things, those normal things, we got to trade them out. But but really, those things are the types of things all Christians should always be doing. And we just want you to trust the process in those. Even if it doesn't feel every time like you get down and pray. Even if it doesn't always feel like every time you come to community group together uh, that you are growing, you are. And that's kind of the challenge to trust the process. Um, but some of the things we're going to be giving you are also new. So you knew you, you guys all hopefully had time yesterday to take some of that connect with God uh, spring mat- retreat material that we sent out to you. I hope you had some time to kind of read through that and start to focus on some of the practices in there that are really going to be causing you to connect with God well, um, because we think that's actually one of the most important steps for us in the midst of this pandemic. And so what we're going to be doing, and Julie's actually going to talk more about that connecting with God piece here in just a second, but is we're going to be sort of offering up every week some new challenge for you all to be uh, living out. Um, and, and they're going to be coming from three different categories. And so what the, we're going to do for the rest of the, of the message today is talking about uh, those three categories. And Julie's going to start here with the first one. Yeah, so uh, as Joel said, we've kind of got three different things. And our first one is going to be um, we're kind of calling it lean into time with God. Uh, we went back and forth on the language of this for a while. And the reason we stuck with lean in is because when something is hard or when something hurts, uh, I think our natural tendency is to lean away, right? We want to distance ourselves from the difficulty or the, the hurt or the pain or whatever it is. Um, And I think that within that, there are sort of three temptations that we have. And as someone who deals with chronic pain, I like to think that I'm a little bit of an expert on all three of these. uh, And I also know how they don't always work. So these three things that I think we tend to do in times of difficulty, uh, the first one is to just try to push through it, right? We we set some, some thing in the future and we think, if I can just make it to that, then I'll be fine, right? If I can just make it to the end of the school year, if I can just make it to the end of the stay-at-home order, if I can just make it till the end of my furlough when I'm back at work, whatever it is, we think, okay, I just have to push through until I get to that point. Until then, I'm just going to keep my head down. I'm not going to, you know, think about it. I'm just going to ignore it and, and just keep barreling through. I think our second temptation is to numb ourselves from the difficulty uh, that's around us, right? We like to do this in avoidance 
tactics, things like Netflix or food, right? How many of you are like stress baking like crazy? Because I know I am. Uh, alcohol is a thing that a lot of people turn to in this time. You know, even things like online shopping can be ways that we can uh, numb ourselves to what's going around us, right? We just want to like tune it out and avoid it. And I think the third thing we tend to do uh, is that we tend to fake control. So any of you type A uh, people out there are probably going to relate to this one. But you might be finding yourself organizing your house like crazy, right? You've gone through every closet. Um, you'll be really ready for the clothing swap once we get uh, able to meet again and do that. Uh, maybe you're just knocking out house project after house project, right? You're like, I'm just going to get as much done. I'm going to feel productive. Maybe you're working a ton, right? There's not as much of a boundary between your work and your home life anymore now that you're working from home. And it can be really easy to just throw yourself into your work. Uh, or even working out, right? People can try to take control because they can feel like, hey, I'm making gains or making progress in this area of my life, and therefore all the chaos around me is fine as long as I can control one piece of it. And now I'm not saying that those things are bad, right? I'm not saying you shouldn't organize your house or you shouldn't work out. Actually, you should work out. That's good. That's a healthy way to deal with stress and some of the things going on. But what I don't want you to do is use those things as a way to um, distract yourself from the difficulty that's going on because it's going to be so tempting to do that. Instead of leaning away or leaning back and distancing yourself from what you feel, I want you to lean in. And this is going to be uncomfortable. Uh, but I want you to lean in. I want you to feel whatever it is that you're feeling or think about whatever you're feeling if you're not a, someone who feels as strongly. Uh, so if you're, if that's frustration by what's going on, if it's fear about what's happening, or even if it's just boredom, if you're like, I'm really over this and I want to be done, whatever it is, I want you to lean into that discomfort and use it to push you towards God. Okay. I don't want you to just sit in it. I want you to use it as something that propels you towards God, towards our savior, towards the one who understands what we're feeling and can empathize with us. In the book of Acts, it talks about how God puts us in specific times and specific places for a reason. And the reason that the Apostle Paul gives is that we would draw near to God, that we would seek him. So I think it's no surprise to God that we're in the situation we're in. And there's no surprise to him that you're dealing with whatever it is you're dealing with. So what I want you to do is use that don't just wish it away. Don't just try to distract yourself from it or wish it wasn't there. Use it to seek God. Use it to push you towards him. Use the difficulties, the inconveniences, all of it. Just lean into it and lean in towards God. Some of the ways that we're going to do this, uh, as Joel said, we're going to give you specific steps to take at different times. We're going to use prayer. We're going to use scripture. We're going to use time alone in silence with God. A lot of the things that you maybe saw in that packet, um, if you've been coming to Res City and you got an email about our spring retreat material, you probably saw a lot of those tools that we're going to try to use. And if you've thought like, hey, you know, coming into this, I was going to be really strong, or maybe I started out really strong in this. I was, I was spending tons of time with God and I was using it and taking all my worries to him, but then things just got crazy or I just got sick of what's going on around me and it just didn't work and I feel discouraged and I really don't want to try, right? Because I already tried and it didn't work and I don't really have the motivation to step into this. 
And if that's where you're at right now, um, I want to use some encouragement from the book of Thessalonians that we're kind of talking about. So in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24, Paul says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. So if you feel discouraged, I want you to be encouraged by this. God is faithful, and he is the one who's calling you to this. Yes, Joel and I are putting the call in front of you, but this is the call of God, right? This is, God wants us to be sanctified through and through. He wants us to be going to him, and he is faithful. He will do it. He is going to continue working in you no matter what it is, no matter how well you feel like this goes. I want you to be encouraged that he is the one who is faithful. And then on top of that, uh, we're also going to try to keep each other accountable. If you are like me, uh, I need other people to like check in with me if I'm going to continue working on something, right? When I start a new workout or if I'm trying to set a new habit, if I don't have anyone who's checking in on me, it's not happening. So we're going to try and do that for one another. So each week, um, we're going to get a different challenge, and we're going to try to check in with each other um, through email or social media, but also in your community groups. So if you're new or if you're um, just tuning in, we meet weekly in different Bible study groups on different nights of the week over Zoom. And these groups are there to hang out, to connect, um, but also to hold one another accountable. And so we're going to use that time uh, to really help each other lean into time with God. So that's our first, uh, our first call for you, is to lean into time with God. So um, a few weeks ago, uh, some guys in my community group are huge basketball fans, and they were talking about this documentary that had just come out on ESPN, or it's been coming out every Sunday night um, for the last few weeks, called The Last Dance. And it's following, it's got this unprecedented access to the 1997-1998 Chicago Bulls team. It's the last year that Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and Steve Kerr and all those guys um, won a championship together. The last of the six of this greatest dynasty in the NBA probably, at least in the last, you know, in our lifetimes. And um, it, it highlights sort of a couple of things at once. First of all, it, it highlights um, the inability of Michael Jordan early in his career to win a championship by himself, despite the fact that he was like, he was the greatest player. Uh, very early on, people could tell this guy's different. There's probably never been anyone quite like him to play in the NBA. And he would pull his team just short of getting to a, an NBA Finals championship, but he couldn't do it on his own. And so they kind of show how they build this team around him who has to work together in order to win the championship. And so that they kind of show that story on the one hand, how they get to be a dynasty in the first place of this team coming together. But then in the 1997-1998 season, they also are talking about the ways in which that is starting to fall apart. Scottie Pippen has an injury, and then he starts to hold out for a little bit. Uh, Dennis Rodman is... Uh, being Dennis Rodman and so like he is you know so like the team aspect is crumbling and and it, and it sort of threatens their chances to win another NBA finals championship even though they have Jordan and he is singularly committed to winning um, he himself cannot win another championship on his own he needs the full team to come together around him now 
Um, in the book of Thessalonians, Paul uses the words like family language constantly, and he is so he is always framing the Thessalonians as if they're one big family. He he refers to them as brothers and sisters. Often he talks about how he's like a parent to them in different ways. So he's always sort of shaping their self understanding of who they are as a family, and so. When he talks about how important family is, he's able to talk about the disruptions that are taking place as if they're taking place within a family. And in 2 Thessalonians uh, 3, 6, in, verse, in, in the first part of the verse, and then in verse 11 as well, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, we hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. So by what he means by idle and disruptive here is that those who are, are, are not really contributing to the church are sort of causing some disorder. That's what he's specifically calling out there. And the reason is it's like a team that has, uh, you know, they can't quite function perfectly together, can't be worthy of the call, can't go win the championship without everybody sort of working together. And there's sort of disruption that takes place when some of them are pulling themselves back away from the community. That's what he's actually talking about. Remember when I read through this um, uh, a few weeks ago, it really just like really hit me, like how important it is for everybody's survival, to everybody to reach that goal together, for the whole family to be working together. And when, when certain people pull away, it doesn't, just, it doesn't just impact them, it sort of impacts the whole community. We're all interconnected, and when, when, when that's disrupted, the whole organization is going to fail. And so it's important for us as a church to be in, in this sort of really challenging time as we're all working together towards this uh, being worthy of the call, towards winning the championship, if you want to use that language, for us all to be sort of engaging together in the same way. If some of us feel like we, you know, we, we need to pull back in some way, even if we don't realize it, we're going to end up hurting the overall, uh, the, the overall um push of the church to sort of move towards us together, right? There aren't any Michael Jordans at Res City, and even if there were, like we, that, that person wouldn't be able to drag us all to a championship. Julie and I are not going to be able to do it. Zach and Heather are not going to be able to do it. Your community group leaders are not going to be able to do it. We all sort of need to be engaging together. And so the second part of this initiative, the second challenge that we're giving you is to gather as a family, now, what do families do? Uh, they, they gather regularly, they come together, they share meals, concerns, they help each other out, they engage with one another, they're helping each other, they're designed to know one another deeper, um, and they're inviting. Like some, you, you all, We all know those families that are always inviting different people in and, and serving them generously. And so we want to be sort of working as a family, even though we're socially distanced now, as much as we possibly can. And so what are some of the parts of this? Like I said, what Julie and I are saying, we're going to be offering challenges to you, sort of specifically, they're going to, some of them are going to be fitting this one, some of them are going to be fitting connecting with God, some of them are going to be fitting this third one that Julie will talk about here in just a second. But for this one, what does it look like for us to gather as a family is to watch, you know, is to come every Sunday morning and gather. Even though you feel like you're just sitting alone at your house, you're drinking coffee, you're in sweatpants right now, you're under a blanket or whatever, we're still gathering together. We're still here together in spirit. And so it's important that we're doing that together on a regular basis, that we're commenting, that we're sort of engaging with one another in different ways that we have, um, that we're coming to that Zoom coffee hour after service, that we're coming to prayer, that we're, uh, you know, we're posting a picture of yourself watching on Instagram so other people know that there's, it's not just them who are watching. You know, share, share live stream posts on Facebook and Instagram. You know, invite people in. 
be regular and committed and engage in your community group. Don't don't be hanging out on your phone. Don't be chatting with someone else or something like that. Uh, you know, be engaged. Like I, we know that this is tough, right? We know the video fatigue is real. We know you're spending a lot of time on Zoom or on screens during the day as well. But it's the best that we have right now. Okay, like if we're just being honest, like we we can't make it better, and it's out of our control to change it. Uh, so we're asking you to, uh, to, to win the day, right? Y- you know, it's going to be tough today, but I'm going to p- focus on the small thing of being really engaged with my community group tonight or being really engaged in, in coming to the Zoom coffee hour or, or other things that we're throwing out. We have trivia nights. We have, um, we have views and brews. We have all this other stuff we're trying to do to keep ourselves connected. Win the day, okay? Be worthy of the call in that day and come and be willing to engage even though it might be a little bit tough. Okay. Um, it, it better that we're 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 not we're we're staying engaged even if it's not ideal than to throw it all out just because it seems tough. Okay. So so be looking for that kind of stuff and then be looking for these different one uh, week challenges that we're going to be turning out that are also a part of sort of connecting. They're not all going to be over Zoom. Don't worry. We're trying to be creative and and think of ways to do it that don't include screens but are still trying to keep us connected. Um, and so that's our second one. And Julie's going to kind of close us here with the last one. Yeah, and before I do, I just want to say that um, I'm I'm digging the sports metaphors a little bit more than I normally would because I started watching a um, teen drama that has a backdrop of like high school football. So uh, that's that's the bridge for Julia's teen dramas. I think it's yeah. I think Joel's like both excited and disappointed that that's the thing that is like getting me to watch sports or interested in it. Uh, but if you're not digging the sports metaphors, it's all right. You don't have to be. But uh, you get the idea, right, to gather as a family and come together uh, as a team. Okay, so the last thing is uh, share generously. And I want to start this point out the way that Paul does in his letters. So in his letters, he talks a lot about um, the things that the Thessalonians are doing really well. And so in First Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3, he says, We also thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to let you know that I feel very, Joel and I both feel very similarly here. We are so thankful for the ways that you have all been um, working in faith and in love and the endurance that you've showed through this tough time. So I want to give some thanks for the generosity that we've already seen in all of you. So I've seen people um, deliver groceries to people, who, other people who are in need or maybe other people who are vulnerable and don't feel comfortable going out. We made some cards for Easter for Presbyterian home residents who uh, are room bound but are um, fully with it and are, are just feeling alone in this time. And when I delivered them, the woman who took them was so thankful. She honestly, I stood in her driveway uh, six feet apart uh, for like 10 minutes and she just told me how much it means to these residents to get these cards and how, um, how much it makes their day. She said, I wish I could show you how thankful and how um, yeah, just happy they are to get these cards. And so I wanted to share that with you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for helping uh, these residents celebrate Easter and to feel cared for and loved. Uh, we also asked if anybody could make masks for um, uh, an emergency shelter higher ground in St. Paul. And we had money masks dropped off that we got to share so that uh, these workers could be safe as they're caring for the vulnerable in our city. 
and also just praying with one another. I recently heard that one of the community groups, the women every Monday before work get on Zoom and pray for one another together. And I'm just so encouraged by that. I'm so proud of all of you and the ways that you've responded uh, and really stepped up during this time. And I think that that's something that we see in, Thess in the book of Thessalonians too. Uh, and there's, a, there's something that goes with that. There's an importance that comes with it that you see in 1 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 10. It says, The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia, where they were, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. So there's this aspect of uh, the faith and the love that you show and that you live out has an impact on the city around you. People see that. People see the... Um, the steps that you're taking and the love that you have and it, it makes them stop. It makes them say, wow, you know, what, where does that come from? Why are these people doing this? That's, that's a really cool that they're doing this thing. And I think right now that's something we need, right? There's a lot of people who are asking big questions and who are struggling with their current circumstances. And the thing is, is that we have the best answer for that. We have the answer for pain, for struggle, for anxiety, for loneliness. And we can find that all in Jesus, right? Uh, we know that the true answer to the things that we long for is found in Christ. And so we want to share that, right? We want to share not only our resources, our money or um, cards or masks or whatever it is, but we also want to share the message of the gospel, because the whole reason that we're generous with our resources is because God was generous first for us. Jesus is the true example of what generosity looks like. He was willing to give everything for us, even though we didn't deserve it. He gave his life. He died for us and rose again so that we could share in the riches that he had, that we could find new life in him. And so because of him, we have the best news to share, right? We have the news that there is hope, that there is a life after this, and that there is hope in the midst of struggle and a God who wants to come alongside you to shepherd you, to love you, to care for you, and a community who wants to be there and do that as well. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians 2.8, Paul says, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And I think it's interesting, the way he phrases it makes it sound like, you know, it's easy to share the gospel of God, but the harder part was to share lives with people as well. And I think in our current culture, uh, it's almost easier to do the opposite, right? It's almost easier to share our resources, to go out and volunteer, to give um, of money or time or whatever it is. Uh, but the sharing the gospel part, telling people about who Jesus is and inviting them to learn more or to ask questions, that's the part we almost struggle with more. And so in this challenge, this challenge of sharing generously, we want to do both, right? We want to share the gospel of God with people, and we also want to share our lives and our resources and our time. So some of the challenges that are going to come with that um, that we're going to put out before you are, are going to be things like uh, sharing generously with your time, right? The Sheridan Story, which is an organization I mentioned earlier that's fighting child hunger, uh, is still looking for volunteers even during the pandemic because they have a higher need uh, to get food out to kids now that they're not in schools. 
Um, we might ask you to share your resources, right? Different ways that we can share um, with the, the community around us and help out other people who are in need uh, or other nonprofits who are doing great work who might need a little extra help. But we're also gonna uh, challenge you to, to invite people in, right? As Joel said, to invite people into the family, to share the good news of what Christ has done uh, that we just celebrated with Good Friday and Easter. So we might invite you to, uh, or ask you to invite others to come and check out the, the service. We might ask you to go get to know your neighbors now in this time when everybody's home. So we're gonna put out different challenges that will help us all to share generously the love and the hope and the peace that God has given us that we can share with others. So to kind of wrap it up, I just wanna summarize the three things that we are gonna put in front of you as what it looks for us right now as a church to live worthy of the call of God. So first of all, we want you to lean in. Lean into time with Jesus, to time with God, uh, with, through prayer, through scripture, through uh, worship, whatever it is. We want you to, instead of trying to get away from the pain, we want you to lean into it and use it. Use it to push you towards God. We know that God doesn't waste pain. Uh, we know that things that others intend for evil, God will use for good, right? He can turn it around. And so whatever it is you're feeling, we want you to lean into him. And then secondly, we want you to gather as a family. And, uh, you know, with the caveat of this being virtually, right? At least for now, we're still in this season where we need to meet virtually. Uh, but we want you to really lean into that, too, and to be willing to gather together to see the importance of coming together as a family um, and worshiping God together. And then lastly, to serve generously and to share generously. Uh, we are going to be putting different challenges in front of you, as I said, to really share the, the truth and the hope of the gospel through both words and through action. So that's kind of our, our summary of what we want to do in this season to live worthy of the call. And so to wrap us up, um, I'm going to read the verses again that talk about being worthy of the call. And then Joel's going to pray for us, and we'll move into our time of communion. So if you need to go grab your communion, whatever it is that you're using for communion this morning, um, we'd love for you to go do that now so that you can join us in just a minute. For, first off, how are people going to be finding out about the different initiatives? Good question, Joel. Um, so we will be communicating that each week through email. Um, through our weekly email. So if you're not signed up for that and you would like to, please, uh, you can send me an email at julie at rescitychurch.org or you can just DM us on social media or you know connect with us in some way and we'll make sure to get you uh, the information on that. But actually, our first challenge, um, you're gonna have to check your mailbox for. So we have uh, decided we're not gonna use screens for this first challenge or any kind of technology and it, um, it's just kind of exciting because you don't often get mail from other people. As Joel said, uh, we don't always know how to, we don't remember how to write letters. We just want to be like Paul. Yes, yeah, so yeah. we're trying to be more biblical. Yeah. No, we're just trying to come up with creative ways to get you connected. So check your mailbox this week. And again, if you uh, are new or you're just connecting with us and you want to join in on this, you're totally welcome to. So just make sure that you get your information to us in some way or form. Go to our website, fill out a connection card, uh, send us a message, however you can get connected with us. Uh, we'd love to have you be a part of it. We, I think this is actually a great time to join in and to be a part of the family because we're uh, doing something new and, new and together. So that's how you'll find out about all of the challenges uh, that we're gonna be putting in front of you. Okay, so. Uh, I'm going to re close by reading this verse from 2 Thessalonians 1. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling 
and that by his power we may bring to fruition every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we uh, we know that this pandemic is not something that is surprising you. Um, like Esther, we believe that we are people who are in the place we're in for just such a time as this. Um, and is that might be scary for us to hear. It might be um, strange for us to think that we would be the ones who would be in the middle of this. Uh, we might think that other people would be better equipped to handle this or to, to lead through it or to uh, live in it. Um, you've chosen us to be the ones who... Um, are around when this happens, Lord. And so we pray that you would empower us uh, through your son to uh, live worthy of that calling. And we know that we are only worthy of the calling because your son was worthy of the call to die on the cross and to rise again for us. And so our worthiness uh, it, it only comes through his worthiness of living, uh, living faithfully to the calling that you had for him the calling that would rescue us from sin and slavery and would deliver us into life in the age to come, like we talked about last week. So I pray that you would empower us now to, to be like Christ, to, to live faithfully and, and to, to live out what you've called us to, 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 to be faced with now, um, and that we would draw our strength and our power from your Son, um, that we would rely on, on him alone, and that you would fill us with, with his spirit, with your presence, and that would flow out of us so that we can be worthy of the call every single day, Lord. Um, and that you would deliver us out of this as, as stronger, as bearing more fruit of being, uh, to those around us who can't believe it, Lord, better off than we were than when we came into it. That's our honest prayer. And we ask you uh, to, to, to deliver us um, from this time in that way. No matter how long that we're in the midst of it, no matter how long it takes, no matter how hard it gets, God, we pray that that would be um, your will and you would deliver us faithfully through it. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus, who is worthy of the call. Amen.